Hello, hello, hello. This is Numbers on the Boards. My name is Bobby Crow from Mavs.com. Whether you're listening anywhere on the Mavs Podcast Network or watching at home or on the go on YouTube, thank you for tuning in to this, our 62nd episode, I think. Is that right? Maybe. Maybe not. I don't Has remember. there ever been a Maverick number 62? Uh, I doubt it. I doubt it. And see, this is the time where I always wanted to have Followell in my lap. Because he, would, he know. would know immediately. He would know that absolutely, guy. yeah. I have no idea. Uh, that lovely voice you're hearing is Jeff Skinwaite. Hello. Hello I'm great, baby. Good to be here. Oh, it's great to be I here. I love potting with you, sir. Hey, I love potting and partying with you. That's and, right. And... Let's have a, a podcast party one day. Done. I know that you were partying, uh, speaking of the podcast, at Petty Cola's Brewery. Dude, what Big a his- weekend for beer. Historic day. Um, so September 1st, we're recording this on, what, the 3rd? So two days ago is the official you can buy beer from breweries to go, uh, and that's always been a hurdle. And so it's we don't want to get into all the laws, but basically there's two different types of breweries. There's manufacturers and brew pubs, and so now they all can sell their own product. Which it never made sense that they couldn't before because if people go to wineries, I know a lot of people that work for the Mavericks when they go to Napa or whatever, they like to go to these wineries. And there's some good ones in Texas like Fredericksburg. For, but you can go to a winery and you can buy a bottle of wine. Why wouldn't you be able to go to a brewery and buy their beer? It seems downright un-Texan. Well, they fixed that. And so Sunday was the beer to go day. And I went to my favorite local brewery, Peticolis, which is not far from these Mavericks offices. There's another great one. Community is right next door yep. but it was fun uh as a beer drinker myself i love beer and it was fun to uh be able to leave with my favorite local brewery Peticolis, right under my arms as yeah. i headed to a local pool party still think of the day free agency open whenever we met all those mavs fans at Peticolis. that was great and of reddit mavs was there too yeah, on sunday maybe yeah. we can out his identity i might have to bleep that one out. Oh, okay do yeah, that sorry yeah. homie go ahead and uh go ahead and edit that one out in post bob <laughs> uh one of the good things about working in the design district, I don't know where people live that listen to this. I'm assuming that we have some, some Australia. friends in yeah, Slovenia, maybe, and yeah. Latvia that are listening to it, and Germany as well. But uh, if you live in Dallas, the design district, great place to go drink a beer. Absolutely. Absolutely a fantastic place. Really, like, per capita, mm-hmm. right? Not a lot of people live here, but there's a whole lot of breweries. Yeah. So it's got to be the most densely populated brewery in uh, location in the world. You have Pegasus, you have uh, Patacolis, you have Community, you have Texas Ale Project. I hope I'm not missing one. I think Pegasus may be on the move. Oh, well, Four Corners used to be. Four Corners moved to the south side area. Yeah. Uh, and I think Pegasus may be on the move, but uh, there's a lot of great restaurants. Noble Ray. No, uh, Noble Ray, is it coming back to that space? I'm not 100% really? certain. Well, that would be great. Yeah, so I, I don't exactly know their future, but I noticed they were selling T-shirts recently. So, But anyways, I, I think the local brew scene is great. And based on all the Mavericks gear that I saw at Peticolis on Sunday, there's a ton of Maverick fans that like to support local Dude, breweries. yes, and you will see us back there hopefully soon. Yeah, got to do something. Hopefully soon uh, for the next Numbers on the Kegs episode. <laughs> right on. Uh, so, okay, Skin. Yes. Uh, what you been doing lately? It's been a, it's been a few weeks since we've potted. It, it has. been a few weeks. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm uh, adjusting to life as a dad of a ninth grade daughter. There's that. Uh, my son is a sixth grader. My daughter's a ninth grader. It's a big year for both of them. It's a big year for both of them. Up there in Allen, she's at that freshman center with like seven billion kids. So I'm adjusting to that. Um, I'm getting used to a new day part for the Ben and Skin show. We're now on 10 to 2 instead of 3 to 7, and that's a, an adjustment. But 
you know, getting ready for it, I think will be an incredible basketball season. Our buddy Jonathan from The Ringer that had uh, we've had him on the podcast before. Jonathan Charks, the had great. A, had a great article, which I think you and I would co-sign saying, are we sure the Mavericks didn't get free agency right? Because yeah. I believe that they did. And and I think he had a lot of good support there. If you haven't read that article, you should go check it out. And then you've been very helpful and supportive of the podcast I do, Radios and Tunnels. And the last one we did, Session 5, we did with Michael Young before he got his jersey retired with the Texas Rangers. And you helped me out. You took your gear, and we went to his house and recorded Dude, it, it was there. a great listen. So can I tell a quick uh, – you've known Michael for, whatever, 15 long, years Long time, I mean, long he's time. He's been around yeah, here for ages. 12, something like that. So I've known who he is for a long time, but mm-hmm. I've never met him. Right. So working in the NBA, I've been lucky enough to meet a lot of NBA players. Dirk is, you know, kind of the the – coolest person ever yeah he's a magnet Uh, for awesomeness yeah but outside of basketball I've never really met any athletes before and so you know you and you basically asked me to come help you record this podcast so Mm -hmm. I didn't really know what to expect like Michael Young by all accounts is a great guy but I've never met him don't have any experience with him outside of you I don't even know anyone who knows him Mm -hmm. so I was like all right well that's cool that's cool Uh, I'm just gonna be some random guy showing up to this dude's house and uh, he's there at the front door to greet us we didn't need to knock didn't need to ring the doorbell anything he answers in shorts and a t-shirt, shakes my hand. I'm Mike. Nice to meet you. I mean, dude, he is just the nicest guy. He's ever. amazing. He's, he's not the a, nicest guy ever. He's like Dirk in that, man, that is not a real person. I yeah. don't mean like he's fake. I mean, he's incredibly authentic, but like to have expectations of someone that exists on the level he exists or the level Dirk exists to be that kind of a person, you just don't encounter it that much, which is why... It's no surprise that him and Dirk have become really good friends. Yeah, that was one thing that he mentioned whenever you were talking to him. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's kind of bound to happen. You're two superstar athletes that are kind of in the same city. So your your circles probably overlap a little bit. Their circles overlap, but then to become friends outside of that overlapping circle where it's like, I know that their wives are close. Mm. uh, And and the reason being because they both are very involved in charities. And so... You know, Michael and Dirk are just real authentic people. And uh, Michael tells great stories about when he, he got to go to, uh, you know, Nick and Sam's for Dirk's, you know, final party there, his retirement party. I and was there. I wasn't invited. You were, was, you were there, there, though. You I were there. Kind of, I was nearby. Right. You should brag about that. Yeah. But uh, just the enthusiasm with which he talks about those things. And, and again, I've, I've said this before, and it's it's true. Like, Michael would not tell you hey, I'm the all-time hit leader in Texas Ranger history unless the conversation, you steered it there. Like, he could sit there and talk to you for 45 minutes and not tell you he was a professional baseball player. Yeah, in fact, y'all talked for, I think, half an hour before you even mentioned what a fastball is. Right. You know? I mean, he's just he's an awesome dude, but thank you for helping out with that. And, uh, dude, and go listen to it, by the way. I know you're you. not trying to pat yourself on the back, but it was a really good conversation. I enjoyed having that conversation. It was very interesting like, to hear anybody talk about it, but especially just someone who's at – the peak of their profession, the way Mike was, you right. know, kind of having the perspective of someone who is very successful and mm-hmm. has a lot of influence and stuff, but then also who came from kind of humble roots. So he's, yeah. he's got like taste of both. Uh, and if, if you're unfamiliar with what the episode is about, I guess you're just talking about kind of your responsibilities as an athlete and what you can you what you can do with the platform that you have. Yeah, and especially in a you know an era where someone will say stick to sports or shut up and dribble, which is. Aside from whatever your political beliefs are, that's really demeaning as people. Mm. In other words, if someone were to say to me that I'm only allowed to talk about basketball, I just feel like I have more to offer the world as a person than that. Like hot cowboys opinions. Right, exactly. Yeah. Just as that. That would, you know, so it's like people are not flat one dimensional beings. They have a lot of interest. 
And so we shouldn't uh, discourage people from speaking about things they're passionate about. And we shouldn't uh, encourage people to just stay in their lane. You know, the idea of, of all of this is to grow and expand your horizons. And so, you know, really what I wanted to talk to him about was finding ways to have discourse and a climate where people are quick to shut you down and don't want to listen. Um, and so how do you do that when you represent a team or represent a community or represent a locker room? I, I, I was so fascinated by the drama that unfolded in the NFL over kneeling because it became about all these other things other than the cause. Mm. And so, you know, if you're going to weaponize these moments, you know, we're not really doing ourselves a, a service, you know, for people who, I mean, anybody who lives here wants this country to be great and grow and all these things. We can have differing opinions without hating on one another and trying to shut each other down. Yeah. So I, I was real curious about someone who has achieved a certain level is passionate about policy and helping the country and growing and, and, and diffusing racism and some of these things. How do they do what they do? And he was more than welcome to open up and talk about that. And he's the kind of person, and there's a lot of people in the world that are like this, but that are not just going to want to like say, I want that to be different. He's actually going to like take it upon himself. He's going to do, do it. And do put it. his money where his mouth yeah. is, invest in the right things, raise Which, money. Whether or not you agree, at least respect it. And, and dude, and, and look, I think like even like education is bipartisan. Like there's not a policy, or I'm sorry, there's not a party going, well, we, should, we don't want education. Like everyone acknowledges, mm. all right, so how do we get some equal education and m make it a, a thing where ever like if you walk around the Maverick office, I've been telling people about this. I swear, dude, every time I come here, I feel like I see three new people I've never seen before. Yeah. And it is a very diverse place. There's people from all different kinds of backgrounds. And that's that's hopefully everyone can embrace those ideals. We don't want this sort of one vision. I mean, this is this country is supposed to be where we all come together and grow and build with one another. So I like uh, I think sports locker rooms and clubhouses tend to be diverse places, which is interesting because people come from different backgrounds and they come together for one cause. And I like when I go to these you know places of business and you look around and go, all right. There's a lot of opportunity for all different kinds of people here. Mm. And uh, and I think this is I'm really impressed with what's going on here, because every time I walk in, I'm like, here's new people I haven't one, seen. Before. Kind of in the span of like one year, I've gone from one of the youngest people to now I'm like, I'm almost 30. And you're the old man. Me, and I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> so uh, Dirk is I'm, I'm glad you kind of you, you mentioned Dirk and how he and Mike are kind of friends and. I think they're uh, equally passionate people, but maybe their passions lie in different arenas, mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. Uh, literally in sports and then also outside of the, the court. But uh, today, as a matter of fact, a really interesting Dirk quote came up in Slam. And I don't know what the context of the article was. Kay. I saw a Cuban tweet about it. You might have seen it. I don't know. I think I know where you're going but, here. Uh, yeah. And he just Slam asked him, what's the best advice you can give to young players coming up in the league? Mm -hmm. And Dirk, as Dirk often does, just with a pretty simple question, kind of turned it into this really like profound uh, thought. And he started talking about whatever, be a student of the game and all this stuff. But then he says, always try to get better. Listen and learn. Watch your veterans. Just always, every summer, try to add something new to your game. Never stay the same player. Just like never want to be satisfied. And I think that is something. I guess I've been. We've been curious. What is Dirk going to do post playing career? Right. And I don't think he's ever going to be like a life coach that's going to have a big convention at a hotel and like you know make you buy his book or something. Right. But uh, 
I, I think that he that's like coach speak, you know. He's a person uh, that's worth listening to on a lot of things. Yeah, and whether or not it's related to basketball. I right. mean, like, always never be satisfied, always watch, always listen, and always learn, all those things. I mean, that's like, that's some really good advice. I would take what that exact quote and take it back to the earlier part of the conversation about why it's so demeaning to say shut up and dribble. Because it's like, oh, well, he's just a jump shooter. I know. You know, and if you open yourself up, because if you listen to that quote, what he's saying is he's also he's talking about expanding and growing, but he's talking about doing it through listening and sharing mm. and opening yourself up to these things and being willing to embrace things that are unique or odd. Like if you go look at the Dirk trajectory, some of the things that Holger and him worked on, why am I carrying a canoe on my head? Why am I playing the saxophone? Why am I reading this, uh, you know, this philosopher? Doing handstands all the way down the floor, all the way back. Right. Why? Yeah. Why am I going off this foot? It's like all of these things build towards greatness and opening yourself up to all of these different kinds of things and being willing to learn different things and embrace different things. Open yourself up to a different level of greatness as opposed to because another part of that quote I saw was he said, never act like you've made it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and so that's part of it, because the second you've made it is the second you stop growing. I mean, I can't tell you how interesting it is to meet someone in their 60s that just took up painting or something like that. It's like, God, we're we have the ability to do so many different things that if you get in this uh, tunnel vision and this real narrow way of looking at things, you're not opening yourself up to all these amazing poly, uh, p- potential things that life has to offer. So I think, you know, you're right. He's talking about basketball, but he's also talking about life in a lot of ways. There. Mm. Yeah. When he just says watch and learn. So simple, but it's so true, man. Yeah. It just cuts through all that extra stuff. Right. And worry about if you make it like Luca. Hope you're listening. Hope hey, you're Luca. reading. Cuban didn't tweet that out by accident. You know, maybe he's kind of directing it toward a certain You don't people. know it all at 20. Yeah, yeah. You I got news for you. And you think you do. I thought that I did. Yeah. Dude, I was the sharpest 20-year-old you'd ever met in your entire life. You right. hadn't met me, but if you had, you would have <laughs> been impressed, let and, me tell you. And when you're down in it, it's hard to see. One of the things I always tell my kids, like my son, for example, is going to turn 12 tomorrow. You know, and it's like... Happy so, birthday. Happy birthday, Desmond. But it's like, you know, if we get any things, he's being stubborn or whatever, I'm like, Desmond, how much more do you know at 11 than you did at 9? Right. Think about that. Guess how much more you're going to learn at 15, probably twice as much, three times as much. Guess what? You don't know it all, buddy. And you're, neither does your old dad. Your dad's still learning a lot of crap. You're not even going to start doing the one legged fade until you're 28. Right. You know, right. So think about that. Beautiful. Think about that, Desmond. Yeah, man. Thank you, Dirk. He loves this podcast. Desmond oh, does he? Oh, yeah. Hey, speaking of Dirk, uh, today is what? September 3rd? September yep. 3rd? Yep. Uh, September 15th is Dirk's annual the Dirk Nowitzki Pro Celebrity Tennis Classic. Nailed it. The reason they call it Pro Celebrity, there's going to be celebrities yep. like Dirk, yep. uh, who's not a pro anymore. <laughs> don't remind me. Uh, but there's going to be... Uh, I, I, well, Steve I, Nash? I don't want to give away any names that aren't confirmed yet, but there are going to be other celebrities. Did the name I just before. say, was it confirmed? Yes. Okay, Steve good. Nash is confirmed. Okay. Yeah, and I guess he's a celebrity now, too. He's a big celebrity. Yeah. Heck, he's a soccer broadcaster yeah. now. Yeah, that's, he's a sports personality. We can call him that now. I can't wait, dude. I guarantee you he is really effing good at tennis. Yeah. Because I mean, I'm sure I'll he's in still just an impeccable shape. Yeah, I bet he and Dirk used to play a lot back in the yeah. day. And Dirk is really good. If you've never been, I mean, it'll, I'll be interested to see kind of how he moves and stuff now because it doesn't seem like he's taking the summer very seriously right. from a physical conditioning standpoint. Right. But he's got to serve. I mean, he might be doing. 
doing really more. Big he might be doing more hosting with me and Ben this time than yeah, actual playing. No, we'll see how it all shakes play play. out. Yeah, and uh, like Boris Kojo will go. He's an actor. There's gonna be a couple. He's other a actors stunningly there. handsome man. He is. He is. He did he yeah. play college tennis? I think at Arizona. I can't remember where he played oh, college okay. tennis. Yeah, and he then, always goes far in the tournament. Yeah, he's really like good. He won? Did he win one time? I know Andy Roddick won. Yeah. I don't know if Andy Roddick will be there, but that's Andy the Andy Roddick the other won half. like the year after he won MVP in the baseball game. Yeah, it was a great run for Andy It was Andy a Roddick. great run for Roddick. A, yeah, great 2017. And then, Best dude, year of his career. U.S. Open. So listen to this Roddick funny. So and he talks the most trash out there. And mm-hmm. then you can talk trash to him, which is really fun. He won MVP of the Dirk baseball game. And then, and like afterwards, I think that was the year of the Snoop Dogg show afterwards. Oh, okay. He didn't go to the Snoop Dogg show. You know why? He got in his car with his MVP trophy and drove back to Austin because his model wife, Brooklyn Decker, had work the next morning, and he had to drive back that night oh, at wow. 10 o'clock to Austin to be up with his kids in the morning. Wow. Is that what a some, good day. That's father some, of the year. That's father of the year stuff yeah, right there. That's awesome. Uh, I have not seen I'm assuming Roddick is coming back. Yeah, he's been he's been a few times. He's a mainstay. I, I don't know if he's going, but there's going to be uh, other pro players, guys like Tommy Haas. Yes. Uh, Mark Knowles, who's been there every year. It's a he's great like, tennis community in North Texas. Yeah, it really is. Uh, and SMU is a beautiful facility, too. Yeah, it's a great facility. Highly encourage you to go to this. It's gotten bigger and better every year. It's a heck of a lot of fun. Ben and I are walking around with microphones. So we interview people like the year we had Owen Wilson there. Ben Stiller, we're doing interviews out on the court that everybody can hear. Uh, DJ Poison Ivy is usually there playing music. I mean, it's it's got a lot of energy. It's mm-hmm. a heck of a lot of fun. And a lot of and Mavericks will be there this year. A lot well. of Mavericks will be there, and it raises money for the Dirk Nowitzki Foundation. Yep. No-brainer. So if you're interested in going, tickets are 20 bucks. You can get your tickets at... I don't know the exact name of the site, but you can go to Dirk's charity website, foundation website, 41, spelled out. It's a new website. Just just launched a couple weeks ago. All right. Um, I'm actually helping work on it, which is great. Okay, good for Uh, you. I like this. It is 41 spelled out, so F-O-R-T-Y-O-N-E dot rocks like Beautiful. 41 rocks like rock and roll rocks oh r-o-c-k-s r-o-c-k-s okay yeah. you can go there uh find the tennis link it's one of the first you know couple things that you'll see on the on the home page you can get your tickets for 20 bucks might already be sold out it always does sell out it does but it goes from 11 to 3 on sunday september 15th and dirk is in china but when he comes back we usually have him on the ben and skin show to let the word out so hopefully that'll happen or yeah. maybe we'll get him on some Mads.com. Yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah we got to yeah, get yeah. him back, man. We got to get Dirk back. Um, okay. I think uh, I think we can get to basketball. What I think, think we should. Okay. Uh, real quick World Cup update since you mentioned it. I just want to get this out of the way. Uh, the Mavs have two players at the World Cup. Boban, Maxi Kleba. I forgot about Boban. So, okay. I forgot about Boban. That's, it's the worst thing I've ever said, oh but it's real. I, I, I forgot that he was over there. I did. Okay. Um, so, uh, what are Germany's prospects? So, Germany, it's I'm sad to report. Uh, they kind of got, I don't want to say unlucky because you lose games. I mean, it's not yeah. unlucky, but there was a questionable call today against the Dominican Republic, but they're 0-2 through two games. They lost to France, which is one of the favorites. It's like Rudy Gobert right. and all those guys. Uh, and then they lost today to Dominican Republic. So they're 0-2 with a minus six differential. So it's Maxi might be right back there. sooner than later. Yeah. yeah. So they're eliminated now. So you have one more game. Uh, they play uh, Jordan. They play Jordan. Oh, jo- oh my game. gosh. Yeah. Jumpman? The whole... No, 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 no. no. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. The country. The country. Okay, yeah. And then uh, after that, they'll play a game because basically like... It's uh, teams 17 to 32 are knocked out of the competition, but then you play one more game to see if you can qualify for the Olympics, kind of. Mm-hmm. So they got another couple games, and then Max will be back. Okay, uh, so, dude, I was on the air. Was there a foul on Tatum shooting a three with no time left? Jalen Brown. 
Oh, it was Jalen Brown. Yeah, in okay. the in the U.S. game. Okay, yeah, the U.S. escaped by the hair of their chinny chin. So he and today. he made two or three free he throws. Made two out of three. So who was fouling him shooting a three? I with? have no idea. I have no idea. But dude, I I I'm American, so uh-huh. the U.S.A. Prove would be great if the U.S.A. won the game. Mm-hmm. But when a, a smaller country, I mean Turkey is. They got some great players, mm-hmm. but they're not one of the heavyweight teams. Is Turkaloo still on their team? No, no, no. no but okay. they they have like Chetty Osman. Mm-hmm. They have former UT point guard Doge Balbe. They yep. got Ursin Oyasova. I mean, yep. they got some players. They got, they, they they got, got a squad. on Korkmaz, I think, is on Turkey. Uh, they got they got a few guys. But man, when when a team like that has the U.S. up against the ropes, it's kind of like it would kind of be cool if right. the U.S. lost. You know, it's cool when when David beats Goliath. So that's the old story, I believe, of when Donnie stopped doing international coaching is when he almost coached Lithuania to beat <laughs> USA. We'd have to check with Donnie Arvidas on that. Was, was with Lithuania at the I time, I don't remember right? the exact time period. It may have been or after. Or was at least on that team. It might have been after Arvidas. I'm okay. not exactly sure. We'd okay. have to ask Donnie. But I remember, because at that time he was an assistant coach for the Mavs. Mm. Or maybe he was transitioning from Phoenix to Dallas. Okay. But that was when he was like, I'm not going to be doing any international coaching. You don't want to be that guy. I can't be the guy yeah. that helped. Uh, beat the U.S. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to be that guy. But yeah. it would have been cool if someone was that guy for yeah. Turkey. And everybody had chances dude so yep. with nine seconds left the u.s is down one turkey's up 92 to 91 uh, miles turner has the ball doge Balbe comes away with it gets fouled goes to the free throw line with nine seconds left misses both okay oh. turkey gets the ball back and then it's chetty osman who's fouled yeah and chetty goes to the free throw line and chetty misses both oh man <laughs> it's gonna then, be a bad year for the Cavs. oh it's terrible yeah. he's still a Cav, isn't he uh, i believe so okay yeah. U.S. gets the ball, goes on the fast break. Jason Tatum sprains his ankle. Uh, it, the ball ends up in, I think, Chris Middleton's hand, who is fouled, makes both free throws. U.S. goes up one. Ilyasova misses a three at the buzzer to win it. Wow. Turkey had four free throws, dude, and couldn't make a single one. It was Man. unbelievable. So if you're, uh, if I guess if you're trying to handicap the rest of this tournament, you got to start with Serbia now. I think yeah, it, Greece it lost today, too, take. right? Yeah, Greece lost. Yeah. And uh, so... Uh, Greece lost to uh, Brazil. Okay. Bruno Caboclo tipped a missed free throw at the buzzer. Oh, <laughs> wow. Tipped it away. Wow. Goaltending rules don't exist. Yeah, yet. yeah, yeah. If it's and, above the uh, rim, it's in play. Yeah, and, and Brazil's head coach is uh, Alexander Petrovic, who's okay. Drazen Petrovic's brother. Cool. And so he came out and talked a bunch of crap afterwards, said, I've known how to stop Giannis for six months. Giannis scored 13 points in that game. Well, really? Yeah. Wow. 13 points. The MVP of the NBA. Okay. Could not lead them to a win. So, so uh, he's campaigning for a job on a, a staff, maybe in Boston or maybe, maybe in Philly. He's got a good last name. Right. Luka, you know, right, we'll right. See. But uh, anyway, yeah, so Greece has to win. Otherwise, they're out. But the U.S. now, they beat uh, in their opener. They beat someone. I, I don't even remember who. They beat him whatever by like 10 mm-hmm. and then they beat turkey by one point in mm-hmm. overtime who's uh, next you know uh for the u.s yeah um i don't know i don't know but they're through no matter what they're through uh serbia is on the other side of the bracket and uh they are through two games get this they're two and oh with a plus 105 differential wow <laughs> <Yeah>. those are thrashings <laughs> Yeah, they annihilated uh, so Angola 105 to 59. Who do we have game. on their squad? Uh, so Serbia has Boban, mm-hmm. Nikola Jokic, yep. Bogdan Bogdanovic from the Kings. So I saw Jokic isn't even starting, is he? Uh, he didn't start against Angola because. It's Angola? Yeah. Because of the famous Charles Barkley quote about Angola from 1992. <laughs> okay, gotcha. That's, that's why, yeah. yeah. But then they also have, uh, uh, I think his name is uh, Nikola Mulatinov, I think. Hmm. Uh, 
I know I got that wrong. I'm not looking it up on my phone, and that's why I'm uh, mistaken. But it's anyway, me, he's Nick a very Mazeltoff. long time established player in Europe. He's very good. Okay. Uh, they have uh, well, they had Milos Teodosic, but he is out. He got hurt, so he's missing the whole tournament. Um, they have uh, Nemanja Bjelica. If I haven't mentioned him already, they're loaded, dude. Sounds they got like a it, ton yeah. of NBA players. Yeah. And uh, they're awesome. So uh, Miles Turner's gonna have to chase around the Joker. Is that what the yeah, deal is? Someone's that what gonna we're have doing? to. St- and and now Tatum sprained his ankle. I don't know when he's coming back. Mm-hmm. So they wouldn't meet each other until the championship game, the gold medal game. Um, at least I think it's medals at at the World Cup. I'm it's not gonna sure, be good viewing there, man. Yeah, it's gonna be incredible. Yeah. Uh, Serbia is loaded. Boban's coming off the bench. He's averaging ten and a half points, five and a half rebounds. Uh, he's a monster in international play. I'm he's so excited to watch him play for the yeah. Mavs. That's gonna be he's fun. so good. Yeah. His highlight tapes are so great because like whatever he's seven foot three and weighs 500 pounds he's a giant but he's got so much touch like the yeah. silkiest featheriest touch around the basket where good passer he's, he's too. throwing in turnaround hook shots that are just like just so buttery mm-hmm. uh, he's very very smooth for a guy his size it's unbelievable watching yeah. him play um so anyway that's if he had played that's, in the 80s he would have been like he'd have been awesome he would have been or the even man. in the 90s yeah in right. the 90s right. whatever try and take him one-on-one pat ewing yeah you can't move him no yeah, don't mess with the Boban. It's so funny, and you, know, you probably, I don't know how much you know about this, but when Nelly got to New York, he got run out quickly because he wanted to take Ewing out of the post and open up the offense. Uh, that wasn't going to happen. And now, you know, Ewing threw a fit. Yeah. You, you should hear Harp talk about it. Harp's like, that was fun for me. I was playing <laughs> off the ball. I was letting it rip. Yeah. Uh, but no, that's uh, that was a little too soon. I think for that that kind of a shift. Yeah, when at the time, so this is kind of coming into the discourse again because Brazil shut down Giannis and the rest of the Greek team basically as a result. But in FIBA, with FIBA rules, uh, there's no illegal defense, so oh. you can put guys in the lane and just yeah. camp your whole team in the lane if you want to. Right, right. So back then in the '90s, there was illegal defense in the NBA. It was different than the way it is now. Mm-hmm. You had to be basically within arm's length of your opponent. Right, and so. If you're Don Nelson or anybody, any head coach in the 90s or late 80s or whenever, you could uh, put your center out at the three-point line, and the opposing center had to guard him. He couldn't couldn't stay 20 feet away. He had to be within arm's length of Pat Ewing, which leaves the lane wide open for Derek Harper to get to the basket. Right. And so, uh, but yeah. but Ewing's like, no, 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 you give me the ball on the block. Yeah. I don't think you understand how this goes. But it opens it up for everybody else, man. Right, right. Uh, yeah, so that's that's FIBA World Cup talk. Um, okay, I want to play a guessing game with you now. And then uh, going to get to a couple Mavs stats later. Okay. I want to play, it's it's kind of, it's Mavs trivia. All right. So uh, let's, let's cue the theme song. Mavs trivia. That's a great let's, song. Let's that's banging. Yep. Uh, okay skin yep no matter what the starting lineup is on opening night we talked about this last episode mm-hmm. we're in everybody's in universal agreement that delon wright luca and kp are going to be starting the other two spots could be justin jackson could be dorian finney smith could be tim hardaway mm-hmm. uh or at, at the kind of the two or the three and then at center or power forward whatever you want to call it, it could be maxi it could be dwight did you see the footage last week at prestonwood church yeah of uh dorian, dorian was, and justin going yeah, at it pretty awesome yeah they're going at each other yeah. man um so no matter how that shakes out mm-hmm. every single player in the starting lineup is going to be under the age of 30 awesome and whenever i first saw that i was like okay that's kind of interesting mm-hmm. when was the last time that happened so i pulled up basketball reference and i started going year by year by year and i kept going back in time and i was like you've got to be kidding me you got to be kidding me and all of a sudden i'm like I know it just this popped into incredible. my mind, yeah. So this is my 
this is kind of the trivia question. Okay. Is when was the last time on opening night? So not mm-hmm. the most used, whatever. On opening night, when was the last Mavericks opening night starting lineup in which zero players were at least 30 years old? So every single starter had to be under 30. So the first place my mind went to, well, you know what? The first place my mind went to was the three J's because I don't think Lorenzo Williams was over 30. And I'm trying, was, wait, was Popeye out there? Was it, who was out it was there? Great Popeye Jones. Um, but I kind of feel like, I kind of feel like one of those Nelly teams in the early 2000s would be that way. Um, and then on opening night of, De- Devin started his first game, didn't he? Devin did start that first game. That was in 2004. But the question is, was every other Yeah, start? right, right. So, but your reaction is leading me to believe it was sometime in the 90s. So I will go back to one of those mid-90s 3Js teams. That is a, a very good guess and probably correct. But there was one season, I guess, after that. More recently, that counts. Okay. So 2002. 2002, that would have been Nash, and that would have been Dirk, and that was 2002. So that would have been Nash, Dirk, and Findlay. And then is that like, uh, is that, is Rafe, Rafe LaFrance, and is that like Adrian or? I think Adrian Griffin was on that team. Um, Um, I'm not sure. It could have been Eddie as well. Uh Okay. Uh, Eddie Nahara. I didn't actually write down the starting lineups because there were so many of them. So I would have thought that there would have been an Ellie team in there, but that that, that makes sense. Yeah, and that's the last year because Finley was 29. And so whenever we're, this kind of was in the, the, uh, zeitgeist a couple years ago whenever the Mavs were drafting Dennis and trying to find like Nerlens and these guys was the timeline talk thing. Right, right. And like we need everybody to be on the same timeline like it was in the Nelly years. Well, Finley was 29 when Dirk was like 22. So yeah. it wasn't, the timelines didn't really overlap at and, all. And but. not only that, uh, I think one of one or two of those years Finley led the league in minutes. Yeah. Like he would play like 41, 42 minutes. I mean, he something else. game. Right, it was outrageous. And there was one year where he played through the year with plantar fasciitis. The entire did you know season? that? Yeah. No, I did not know that. Uh, we'll have to ask him about that, and he will answer the question really quietly. Yeah. Because Finn is so soft-spoken. But I'm one of those years – in the early 2000s or, or when he first got here, he played through at least like half a year with plantar fasciitis. He, I think, five years straight played 82 games and averaged 40 minutes. Workhorse. Unbelievable. Yeah. And uh, had a career that lasted well into his 30s. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, I thought that was interesting because yeah. that's 17 seasons Wow. <laughs> since then. And uh, in fact, the last time uh, – here's a, a follow-up. When do you think the, the most recent season was in which – only one player was over 30. So multiple players have been 30 plus wow. every single season since X. Uh, this is kind of depressing. I mean, the answer is not, but like this exercise is yeah. kind of depressing. Um, so it's it's obviously sooner than the team we we're just talking about. Yes. Um, God, because then they got kid. Um, yeah. Shoot, uh, then that would have been one of those pre-kid years, right? With Devin Harris in the starting yeah, lineup. It was the pre-kid year, 06-07. Okay, okay yeah. It was Greg Buckner. Okay. Now, he didn't start all year for that team, but mm-hmm. he did start at the beginning of the season because they were going through some some stuff, I think. But there are years in there, like the year they won the championship, four starters were over 30. 
The year after they won the championship, all five starters <laughs> were over 30. 2013-14, which right. is the first Monte year, right. four starters over 30. I mean, this has been like two, three, four, even five players every year for more than 10 years. And even more depressing, we're in the day and age where the prime of a player has become younger yeah. because these guys are all entering the league younger than they used to. Yeah. So, yeah, there, a, a reboot was uh, vastly needed. Yeah, so, I mean, to think, this is the youngest team that has been, and many people who are listening to this podcast, their lives, yeah. their entire lives, this has been the youngest Mavs team. It is so crazy to me that probably the majority of our podcast listeners do not know life without Dirk. Yeah. Because they probably weren't, like, super dialed in when they were seven. Well, you yeah, I mean, I'm 28, and I have, like, I have memories of pre-Dirk games. Like, I remember the Bulls game. That right. was, like, a month before they drafted Dirk. And one of the main I reasons... I remember a lot before that. And one of the main reasons, too, is that, like, you actually had family that worked for the team, so you mm. probably would have been more hyper-aware of the team than your average yeah, person your age. Yeah, we used to go age. to a lot of the games. Right. But, I mean, back then, too, and especially... So, it's been kind of fun. Uh, the last few days, Steve and I, Shavera, uh, who... Steve Alico on social... Great photos, team photographer. Yeah. He is a, a must-follow on every platform. But... Um, we were going through the Wayback Machine to uh -huh. look at oldmaps.coms. Uh -huh. And in the, I believe it was the year they got Dirk, so 1998, they were like, most Mavs games are on TV this year. Right. Not even all of them. And oh. that was 20 years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, to think like if you Back were... Back in the K-Star days? Yeah. I mean, That's really how me and Ben got our start is because Ben sold advertising for K-Star. Yeah. Otherwise, the whole Ben and Skin and me and up on the broadcast, none of that stuff would have happened. Mm. It just wouldn't have. But that was in the days where you were lucky to get 70 games. Yeah. I and mean, you couldn't even watch every game. And that's, that's like recent history. Okay. So, you know, uh, so I used to know Steve before he actually worked for the team. Mm. And one of the reasons I met... Steve is because he was doing TO's MySpace page. Oh, nice. So I would I would see him at games and we would talk and you know I knew the the crowd he ran in and all that, but mm. that's when he was like kind of making his way like the early days of social media helping athletes have a social media presence. Did you ever have a MySpace? Uh I had a MySpace for the band I was in. Okay. Yeah. Um that was back when that was a really good avenue for independent bands to get yeah. their music out there. I don't think I had a personal MySpace. I think I just had a band MySpace. I had a MySpace and it was uh the top eight was like That the, was the thing. It was a big source of tension among uh, friends. You know, I was good friends with Tom. Uh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. We were we You were could say best friends, honestly. Best friends really number, was, yeah, your, num your number one favorite person. That was my guy. He always wore that. Was it a white tee? Yeah. Look, kind of looking over his shoulder. Yeah, and every now and then you'll see uh people on Twitter will make their main picture like recreating the Tom picture. And I'm that's like, hey, what that is. You're yes. my, my yeah, right. you're my guy. You're good that's people. Beautiful. You're good people. Uh so yeah, and and then kind of circling back to them being young, I think the only players on the bench that are thirty are Bobon and JJ. Mm -hmm. and I'm pretty sure that's it. I mean, this team is this young, a young team. Dude. Yeah. I would be one of the oldest people in that locker room. Y yeah. God, you would. That's crazy. Which is upsetting, personally. And I'd walk in, they'd be like, Coach. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Are you Rick's of, dad? Is that guy in the front office? What's that guy's <laughs> deal? Uh, you know, I just sat here, too, and I was sitting there thinking about, um, you know, organizations move on and they have different needs at different times. But I just had that quick moment of sadness where. I just suddenly miss Devin because Devin should still be in the league. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure someone will pick him up after an injury or something. Uh, but I, God, I'm such a big Devin fan. Well, and solid too. And yeah, in the World Cup. Solid just had 22 points and 15 rebounds. Didn't he just day. have a birthday too? Uh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I think so. So and. Uh, 
Tunisia now will play, I think, Puerto Rico, mm-hmm. and the winner of that game will go on to the next round. And so JJ's not playing with Puerto Rico. His goal was okay. to, to play with the team, but of course the Achilles rehab is going a little slower. Right. Or not going a little slower. He's just trying to be more careful, I guess. He hoped it would be faster. Right, but you don't want to um, rush that. And the Mavericks don't need him to rush that, but fun uh, Tunisian uh, trivia. Who is the composer of the jazz standard A Night in Tunisia? Sala Mejri? No. Dizzy oh. Gillespie. Oh, who okay. was really good friends. They Him and Sala grew okay, up together. Okay, yep, yeah, yep, yeah. Yep, yep. So, uh, JJ, by the way, will be at Dirk's tennis game. Yeah. Playing tennis. Playing tennis. So his rehab is good enough to play tennis, uh, but he's not far enough along to play against Sala. And, and, and for the record, it's doubles tennis. Yes. So he doesn't have to like, it's not like he's racing the baseline back and forth. If Dirk so. is playing it, it has to be doubles. Right, right, right. <laughs> no offense, but yes. it's got to be doubles. Right. Uh, okay, stats talk. Skin. Yes. You like the internet, right? I like, yeah, it's a friend of mine. You like Twitter? Sure. I, I mean, sort of. Yeah. Twitter's Depends on the day and the topic. If Is it a net good? Maybe not. But is it good sometimes? Definitely. Absolutely. So one of the good follows, if you're uh, kind of into, I guess, just statsy stuff, is this guy John Schumann. Who works, I think, just for NBA.com. Yeah. Uh, he's kind of like a just a stats guy. I think his dad was like a ref or some kind of stuff. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I believe okay. I saw that. He's, really, he's just a really smart basketball guy. I might just be making up crap. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, Maybe. Who knows? Uh, we'll, have to, we'll have to invite him on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, dude, that'd be great. Yeah. Uh, but uh, his name, S-C-H-U-H-M-A-N-N. If you follow me, uh, I retweet to him a lot, especially this summer. I've retweeted him a lot. And Skin, I'm sure you've interacted yeah. with him a bunch, too. For sure. Uh, he's got this thing going for a while now. He's in China, so it's it stopped. But before that, he was doing this thing, just a stat a day, kind of like a stat of the mm-hmm. day type of thing. And um, I retweeted a lot of them that had anything to do with the Mavericks. And I have two in front of me that I that kind of like stood out to me that are interesting that I thought would make for good talking points. So... Uh, he tweeted one thing. It is the highest steals plus blocks per personal foul. Okay. So if you get a steal and a block and one foul, mm-hmm. it's your ratio is two to one. So yep. it's just two. Gotcha. Right? So these Can are you just tell me what the number, not the person, but what the number one ratio was? Okay. So the number one in the NBA, and I, there's, it's a minimum a thousand minutes played. So yeah. it's rotation. Right. Players. The number one ratio in the NBA was 1.69 to one. Okay. So basically for every foul you commit, you're getting 1.7 steals or blocks. And we should say that uh, the reason this would be significant is one of the main tenant. Now, not that a steal is necessarily a representation of great defense because there's been a lot of bad defensive players that got steals, mm. like not throwing stones, but Monte wasn't all about staying yeah. in front of his man, but man, he'd played those passing lanes. He did, yeah. Right? So, but one of the main tenets of defense is can you defend and stay in front of your man without fouling? Mm. Right? And so you'll always hear coaches talk about that defend without fouling. Dwight Powell. Dwight Powell. So that's why, why would you take, and steals are considered a defensive stat. So why would you take steals and blocks? And add that and do a ratio to fouls. That's the reason. That would be the impetus for this. And steals and blocks are splash plays, right? They're like sacks. In the NBA, we don't really have a way to measure like quarterback pressures. So your lockdown defenders aren't really going to jump off the page here. Some of them will, as you'll see. But uh, this is ultimately, if you get a steal, that is great. If you get a block, that is great. If you get a foul, that's bad. So Mm -hmm. we're really kind of narrowing it down. Baseball, three true outcomes. These are the stats of the... Sean Marion's and Akeem Olajuwon's of the Absolutely. world. This Absolutely. This is their domain. Or of the Anthony Davis, who was your number one finisher mm. at 1.69. And there's about a gap the size of the Grand Canyon between him and second place Kawhi Leonard. And so, Skin, oh, wow. uh, follow-up trivia question. Kawhi Leonard played 2,040 minutes last season. How many fouls did he commit? Seven. 87. 
Are you serious? You're telling me that a guy that is constantly guarding the best player only committed 87 fouls? Like, Reputation I'm, I'm kinda, I'm matters. I'm memeing you right now. Reputation matters. 87 fouls in 2,000 minutes. So for all you teenagers out there when your parents are going, hey, your reputation matters. That's exactly what they're talking about. It's they true. want you to grow up to be Kawhi Leonard. It's tr- Yeah, exactly. Yes. They want you to be the claw. And there's some other guys up here that I think have sort of the reputation thing. LeBron, for example, at number nine. Mm-hmm. And there's sure a guy he gets, he gets away with a lot of stuff. And there's a guy who's not defending anybody. Yeah, exactly. Right? But he's getting a lot of steals. In somehow. fact, they're not even calling illegal defenses. He's standing yeah. <laughs> in the middle of the lane, pointing at people to do stuff. Yeah, letting Luca go. Or no, it was Dennis a couple years ago. Yeah. Famous, famous play where he had his hands on his <laughs> hips, just watching Dennis dunk. It was hilarious. Uh, but the reason this stat is important is, of course, the Mavs' new signing. We mentioned him earlier. Delon Wright finishes okay. in on this list. At number eight. Oh, that's great. And now uh, there are some other players on the list, namely Tyus Jones. Uh, and there's another one, uh, Andre Iguodala, who came off the bench and therefore played slightly fewer, fewer minutes. minutes. But DeLon played 1,700 minutes last that's year. That's real interesting. A couple things are in- interesting here. Number one, Tyus Jones replaced DeLon in Memphis. Yes. That's interesting to me. Number two... Those players stand out more to me than the other players because they don't have reputations yet. Yeah. So their achievement stands out as being more legit achievement. I mean, they're all great achievements, but you understand what I'm saying when we're talking about reputation and how that factors in and fouls that are like there's no refs swallowing their whistle for what Tyus Jones and DeLon Wright yep. are doing out there. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, Tyus doesn't even really have a reputation as a good defender. Right. But I guess he's not fouling and he had 81 steals last year, which is a pretty good number. Yeah. So where DeLon stands out again as a point guard, he's six foot five and he's probably going to be the Mavs shortest starter this year, which is pretty cool. Yeah. The average great. starting lineup height, by the way, is going to be six foot nine. Awesome. Which is crazy. It's yep. a bunch of giants. Rebound uh, by committee. Yeah. He had 88 steals and 30 blocks in almost 1700 minutes and committed 103 fouls, which is 16 more than Kawhi, despite playing 300 fewer minutes. Uh, what do you know about that? Still uh, great, though. He's averaging just about a foul a game, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, he uh, his, his ratio was 1.15 steals plus blocks per foul. And so I was like, huh, that is, that is a lot of steals for a guy who's not playing a terribly high amount of minutes. And also 30 blocks is quite a bit, too. Yeah. So I was like, well, let's get to the bottom of this. So I went to the tape. Oh, and uh, I watched every steal and every block. Did that you he really made last season? Yeah, this is the kind and of stuff. Uh, this is why I do a podcast with Bobby Carell because yeah. he's he's my guy. He's willing to do this sort of thing. Yeah, I absolutely. love it. Oh, well, it was it was great. Believe me, there was no better way to spend a Saturday night <laughs> than watching this. But uh, he's just very sneaky the way that he does it. A lot of his steals aren't coming like um, you're driving around me. I'm Delon. You're whatever Drew Holiday. Mm-hmm. I'm going to strip you. It's more of like. Someone's posting up and he sneaks up behind them like Jordan did to oh, right, in the okay. finals. Or like yeah. He's very big at you're trying to make an entry pass over me. I'm going to jump up because I have a huge wingspan and tip the ball and then catch it. I call Nobody those, in the NBA knows how to make an entry pass. Right, oh, my God. It's a total lost it's, start. It's and those are anticipatory type steals, which are uh, awareness and basketball intellect and those sorts yeah, of but things. The thing is, he is not doing the... Uh, you brought up Monte. I think that was a really good example of that. He's not doing the Monte thing where he's just playing the passing lane and selling out. Right. He's a lot of like, oh, you think you're going to go there? I'm just going to poke my head in real quick just, mm-hmm. to, just to see if yeah. I can do it. You yeah. Know? And uh, sometimes it didn't work. You know, 103 fouls very clearly. Sometimes he makes contact. So as a starter, he's not going to be able to, I think, just do that at the same rate. Otherwise, you really run the risk of getting yourself in trouble. But uh, 88 steals, 30 blocks. He's 
big, tall, long guy. I think that's kind of one area where he can really kind of make an impact. Awareness, defensive awareness are things that a guy like uh, Coach Jamal Mosley would love. This is what a uh, different type of athlete, uh, a lesser athlete for, you know, it's all comparative, but this is what the coaching staff loved about Jay Crowder was he was a very smart team defensive player. He was very good at guiding people to the spots they wanted to guide him to, mm. knowing what everybody's responsibility was. You know, I always talk about court awareness, and talk, they talk about it in regards to passing and things. Defensive team court awareness is a huge asset. Mm. Uh, and so when you have rangy defenders that can do those sorts of things, then Jamal's wheel start turning about, okay, we can do some of these things defensively. So yeah, and absolutely. Good. And so you have Porzingis, who you're probably going to be like the let's funnel everything into this guy. Right, guy. Right. right. He's going to be at the back. And then I think that you might see a little more aggressive defense on the perimeter, mm-hmm. which leaves DeLon, who's rangy enough to cover guys off the ball or kind of long and just like annoying enough to bother guys on the ball. So I think that's going to be a, a pretty interesting kind of a wrinkle in the defense. This yeah. Year. Now, I'm, I'm very – he's one of the players I'm most excited – to see because I'm a in basketball I'm a big believer in excellence making certain caliber players go to that next level and I think he's going to fall into that category of people who aren't that familiar with him didn't watch Memphis play look at the numbers and go what wait till you see him within the context of what we have I think people are going to be very happy with him absolutely absolutely okay this is a big talking point for us last year whenever we were talking about the schedule you open the year with four games against who uh Phoenix Atlanta, mm-hmm. Chicago, Minnesota, your wow. first four games. We're like, right, you want to go to the playoffs? Let's yeah. go 4-0. Oh. Some real disappointing games in there. Instead, they went 2-2. Two two. If Dennis hadn't hit that one shot. Then oh, my God. That could have been. That could real, oh, it doesn't matter. It, yeah, it doesn't it's, matter. All, it's all past. It's, it's, all, the past. it's in the past. Yeah. I didn't even lose sleep about it no. at the time, no. believe it or not. 2-7, yeah. losing to the, by 15 to the Knicks at home without Porzingis. <laughs> not even a big deal, that dude. Great. It was fine. Yeah. The DeAndre rebound over Luka. Cuban mad in the background. I don't even know what you're talking about. Who that did that it's even happen? It's a rumor. Yeah. Did not happen. That is uh that is made up. Uh total fabrication. So last year we said, well, if you're the Mavs, you just go out, you sign DeAndre, you bring it back Barnes West. This is gonna be a veteran team. You add Luca, who's great. Surely you have enough talent to beat the bad teams, right? And if mm-hmm. you want to go to the playoffs, you gotta beat the bad teams. Absolutely. Well, this is the And there's other. no bad teams in the West. None. <laughs> None. Except for the only team that you literally can't beat, the Phoenix Suns. Right. Uh so this is the other John Schumann stat that I that I wanted to bring up. Okay. He had uh records kind of splits. So your record against winning teams and then your record against 500 or worse teams. Okay. So games you should win if you're going to be good, games that might be a little tougher to win. Right. You know, no matter what. So the Mavericks last year, playing in the Western Conference, played 45 games against teams with winning records, which oddly enough was the most in the NBA. Is that right? Yeah. They it has to do with the timing with which you play them. And well, and of course, if you have a losing record, then you're going to be playing uh, good more point. teams yes. winning. You know. Yes. Absolutely. So, uh, and then also, if you're keeping score, you play 37 games against teams that are 500 or worse, which is the fewest in the NBA. So they had the toughest schedule in the league. Uh, but here's where it gets interesting. So you would think if you finish, what, with the fourth or fifth worst record in the league, you're going to struggle against the, the good teams, and you might be okay against the bad teams. Mm-hmm. Well, Skin, not true. They were 17-28 and 28 against winning teams. Which okay. is a 38% win percentage, which mm-hmm. isn't great, but compared to the rest of the league, they were 14th. How about that? Middle so of the pack. they're actually pretty good. Yeah. Pretty relatively fine. Uh, where they were not good against those losing teams. In 37 games, they won just 16 of them. Ouch. A win percentage of 43.2, which was 25th. 
That'll get you in the in lottery, the Bob. 25th in the yeah, NBA. That's terrible. That's not good, man. No, it sucks. Yeah. And so uh, you look at it and say, okay, well, how do you get back to the playoffs? Well, take Indiana, for example. Mm-hmm. Not a fair comparison because Indiana plays in the East. They right. have more losing teams in the East, fewer winning teams. But be that as it may, Indiana, a team that top-level star talent, don't have much. Oladipo was hurt for a lot of last season. Their best players were like Miles Turner, Bojan Bogdanovic. Really good players, mm-hmm. just not at that level. Well, they went 35-9 and nine against teams that were 500 or worse. That's called taking care of business. Yeah, 35-9. and nine. So, too, were the Boston Celtics, who, again, not that great of a team. Indiana and Boston combined for just 27 wins against winning teams last year, wow. which is really, really not that many. That is, to me, the biggest... I mean, we now know the reasons why and stuff, but that was the biggest, just take yourself outside of being a Maverick fan, just being a basketball fan. Boston was the biggest disappointment last year. I agree. You look at what they did the year before and think, okay, we're going to add Gordon Hayward and Kyrie to this. That was a big letdown mm. from a basketball standpoint, you know, not from a map standpoint, but they don't have to worry about that anymore. No, they've, they don't. Uh, they've shifted, p- pivoted, and they've gone in a new direction. Well, and they managed to beat Turkey by one today. So things are <laughs> things are already <laughs> off to a great start for them. But uh, you look at, okay, all, what, do, what do every playoff team have in common? Well, every team basically in the NBA struggled against winning teams. That just kind of is how it is. Sure. But uh, Indiana, top 10. Boston, top 10. These are against losing teams. Okay. Utah, top 10. Toronto, top 10. Clippers, top 10. Philly, Golden State, Denver, uh, Milwaukee, Houston, all top 10 teams, all playoff teams. So you got to win 30 games against losing teams, which mm-hmm. is really tough. But like, that's because there's so many teams that are clumped together. You fiddle fart around during that part of your schedule. Yeah. You're on the outside looking like in. Orlando last year was a playoff team. They yeah. Were 40 and I think 42 and 40 or 40 and 42, something like that. If it's a Tuesday night in Orlando, you got to win. Yeah. Oh, my God, yes. Yeah. Coop always brings this up. He, he does it by conference. So he says if you're in the West and you want to make the playoffs, you got to beat the East 30 times. Mm-hmm. And you only, or not 30, sorry, 20 times because you only play 30 games against the East. You got to go 20 and 10 against the East. Which I don't is disagree very, with it's that. It's very difficult, yeah. but it's true. Historically, yeah. it's bared itself out to where if you only go like 17 and 13 against the East, you're out. And if you don't do that, that means you were exceptional against the, in the superior conference. Which is hard. Tough you're not going to do it. Last year in the West alone, there were eight teams that had 48 wins. So who are the two teams? Or I say two. That's I, that, I led my witness. Who are the teams that you think absolutely can't make the playoffs in the West? Uh, okay, so if you're playing 82 games, assuming everybody stays healthy all 82, mm-hmm. I think, no offense, Phoenix and Memphis are not going to make it. Um, not enough depth, not enough top-level talent. Okay. Very young. So, in general, I agree with that. I think it's not developed enough, but I actually think Phoenix has enough talent. I just don't think it's developed enough yet. Okay. But we're talking about on-paper stuff. Mm-hmm. So, like, however you feel about Rubio – one of the things Phoenix needed more than anything was a veteran point guard that could settle things down yep. and get the ball to Devin Booker, who I think – well, I'm not – it's not some strong opinion. He's a top-ten scorer in the league. He's really good. You just – people forgot about him because they he missed games because of injuries and he missed games because of tanking. When he dunks on himself on Twitter by complaining about double teams. Right. But whatever. That was whatever. weak sauce, but yeah. whatever, man. Yeah. But – and then you have DeAndre Ayton. So you have two star-level players right there. And then you got a lot of rangy wing guys. Their problem is it's been a rudderless ship. Mm. I mean, and you know, the young talent tends to lose. Yep. But I'm 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 agreeing with you, but I'm also saying it's not like a normal year where it's like, well, that team sucks. Because mm. they don't suck. 
They have a lot of talent. It's whether or not they'll put it together enough to head in a positive direction. And Ricky Rubio is the kind of guy where, like, even if Phoenix is down nine because the other team just went on a 15-0 run, he's not going to, like, fold the tents up. No. He's just going to dig in and be even more annoying. Dude, he was great for Utah. Yeah. He was great for them. He really was. Um, and that was, a, that was a really good team. Yeah. But, uh, but, no, I'm with you. I don't think they have a chance to make the playoffs, but I don't think it's a normal year where you go, oh, they don't have anything. Whereas Memphis – Memphis is way too young and it's truly doesn't have anything. Yeah. Um, Rookie point guard, second year big man yeah. who missed a lot of time last right, year. Right, right, right. Now, but that's it. I think well, anybody else kind could, of a, a follow up or add on. Uh, all of these projections that are like stat heavy projections have Sacramento winning like 32, 33 games. Right. I've, I kind of find hard to believe because I think like they're going to beat everybody who plays them on the second night of a back to back. Like yep. they're just that kind of team. Right. But uh, I mean, they're, I think math that, does not like the Kings. No. And I think the Mavericks are better than the Kings. And I think the Kings will be on the outside looking in. Having said that, I like what the Kings have yeah, moving forward. Really good. I love De'Aaron Fox. Mm -hmm. I, I think you remember this. I think Marvin Bagley, the third is going to be a baller and he's going nice, to man. light it up. Buddy, Buddy healed is money. Uh, Bogdanovich is a good. And Harrison was great for them last yes, year. Yes. They have a good team. It's just the West is stacked. Yeah. It's freaking stacked. So I would say, Probably not going to make the playoffs, but it's not like I'm looking at it going, oh, they suck, because yeah. I don't believe that. Minnesota, I think, is in kind of that same category, they, too. I would put Minnesota below Sacramento, yeah. even though I don't think Sacramento has a player as good as Carl Anthony Towns. Mm. Uh, but I, I don't see Minnesota doing Yeah, I think it. Gerson needs a couple years, I think, to kind of reposition the board yeah. in Minnesota a little Absolutely. bit. Absolutely. Uh, they, they got some nice wings. Yeah. But, yeah, I think those – really, those three teams minus Sacramento, so Phoenix, Memphis – and uh, Minnesota are teams that I think the Mavs are clearly better than. Yeah. And Eddie kind of did this the other day on Mavs.com. The brand new Mavs.com. Ah, right? yes. It's, it's looking great. Uh, he did kind of like a, a power ranking the West sort of thing. Uh-huh. And he had the Mavs like 10th. And at first I was like, dude, how could you do that? And then I was like, well, it kind of makes sense. Like, you think the Mavs are going to be better than the Blazers? I don't know. Dude, and you know, you're talking about the, the stat projections. Mm. They are all bullish on the bull on Portland dropping. Yeah, they are. I mean, I haven't seen And they're Port bullish. And the, the same math models are thinking the Mavs are going to make it. Yeah. Which is interesting to me because... You think of that, well, like Damian Lillard shoots a billion percent, scores a million points. How is Portland going to fall out? Right. Uh, I I look at that, and I, that's where I go, okay, I mean, I, I'm fascinated by stats and how they bear out, and I respect them, but that's where I go, uh, the model's wrong. Mm. But, dude, I thought Portland was going to drop last year, and they just got better. They got even better. Right. Yeah. So and This year they lose Turner, but they add Kent Bazemore, which I think lets – the guards do a little more stuff. I think Losing Seth hurts though, because it absolutely hurts. They, who's their third guard now? No, I think, and uh, and I think in their mind they think Baysmore. I mean, he's he's not the shooter that Seth is, obviously, but like, okay, he'll soak some of that up. He's, I mean, he's like neither one, but he's a lot more like Seth to me than he is like Evan Turner. Yeah, like he's, he's not, not gonna gonna, handling the ball. No, he's not a yeah. mid-range. Evan Turner is kind of like the Sean Livingston thing that stocky handle the ball, and yeah. not shoot, kind right? Of stuff. So. Um, but to your point, they have more than enough playmaking already with yep. those two guys. Um, if you want to get real kind of galactic brain sort of uh, Mavs or Spurs, who are you taking? I, I take I take the Mavs. I think so too. And uh, and I was said that last year, and I was wrong. But yeah. uh, and dude, their Spurs should be healthier this year. But I I I, yeah. I think I here's what here's look this I don't have any shooting though, man. I look I I want I want to tell people this because I am. 
It's, it's obvious. I'm a lifelong Mavs fan. I love the Mavs, but I really do try to be as analytical about these things as possible, like remove my emotions from it as much as possible. And I just don't think people remember Porzingis. And in basketball, if you have two stars, two stars that are on the incline, the ripple effect is freaking ridiculous. And so as we're sitting here talking about, man, I sure do like Carl Anthony Towns. Like, that's one star, baby. Mm. Man, I sure do like Sacramento. That's no stars, baby. That's a really... Fox, but... Yeah, but... Dude, Fox ain't in yeah. Lucas' stratosphere. Yeah, he ain't in Porzingis' no. stratosphere. Maybe one day. And maybe soon. Maybe but, soon. Yeah. And I really, again, I really like these players. Mm. But my whole point is that when you get two of those cats, it is so freaking on. Mm. And so as we're talking about these other teams, like Lamarcus and and Demar, quite frankly, if you just look at the bell curve, they're going to start going back that other direction they're kind of getting to the age where okay who's the young guy that's going to some, do some heavy lifting and i'll show up at the playoffs they got deontay murray and Derek white who are both very really good, good young players really good defensive players right but where's if, the offense coming if from? lamarcus aldridge and demar Derozan were in their mid-20s we're talking yeah right yeah but they're not mm-hmm. this is and uh i mean i have so much respect for that organization and how he they i should not say he i'm not trying to make pop a god but how they have a culture and they get the most out of these players and I respect everything they do. But as we're sitting here looking at all this stuff, first thing I'm looking at is who are your stars? Who are your stars? Because they're going to, going to be the ones that are going to tote the note and the Maverick stars are on the incline. It's pretty awesome. Get a combined for 50 a night. It's pretty awesome. So that's the, that's the team Spurs and Kings. I think if you want to try and make the playoffs, you obviously you got to beat them. And then, okay. See, we forgot to mention the thunder. I, I think they're, unless they, Make a big move, which they could. They have thirty-five draft picks, and it's gonna. It's. I think you're the first one that put this on my radar. I had not thought about this. The idea that they could take all these bevy of draft picks and turn them into players and really go after it. But everyone thinks that they're saying, "All right, we'll be good in five years." But they could turn around and be good today. So, outside of injury, you can write off Chris Paul all you want. I'll just stand over here with my arms folded, going, "Okay." Because that guy is one of the best players of his generation. He's one of the best point guards of all time. I realize he can be a real ass and an enemy and all those kinds of things. But doubt that guy at your own risk. Mm. He's a baller. And people have seen him defer the last two years. Now that it's his team again, man. He can kind of go like one last F you hurrah. Dude, I ain't writing off the Thunder. Now, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. They don't have enough in my opinion, but... I'm they'll win more than like 17 games. I oh, mean, they're, yeah. they're not going to be as bad as I think. They're going to they're every single night. They're going to bring it to your doorstep. They're going to win 88 to 84. Yeah, just really kind of annoy the crap yep. out of you. But that's so they Sacramento, don't have enough. Memphis, but yeah, they're going to yeah. be tough, dude. Yeah, I mean, there's like so that's that's six teams. So uh, we got Phoenix, Memphis, Sacramento, OKC, Spurs, Minnesota. That's six teams. If you can be better than all of those six teams, you're at least ninth. Yeah. And then you just Can need to be better than Portland? one team. Portland? Or is it maybe Clippers? New Orleans? No. Or is it maybe, uh, that's really, I think, New Orleans and... New or- okay, so do you think... New Orleans I mean, and Portland, I think. Here, here's what I think is going to be interesting, is when are the Clippers at full strength? Because Paul George is coming off two shoulder injuries, right? Is he, he'll be ready for opening night? Will he? I, I don't know. Okay. I, I'm assuming. And then if you look, man, Toronto had a really good record doing load management on Kawhi Leonard. 
I don't know. I don't. I I, I, I thought think reports I, have come out and said that he's like he's past that. He's down to play at least every, okay. try and play all eighty two. Okay, maybe not. I, I mean, mean, I obviously think on paper they're a championship caliber team. Yeah. Um, who do you think is assuming full health? Who's better, the Clippers or the Lakers, in your opinion? I think that the Clippers are much better. Much better. Okay. I would say much better. Okay. No disrespect to the King and to the Brow, two of the best players that will watch you know yeah but uh the clippers have they got a lot of guys they got a lot and they got brought lou williams and montrez harrell back one of pat beverly i mean i just don't see how you defend lebron and anthony davis i don't see how you defend that can you defend it with all of the other guys who are supposed to be guarding other players just tagging anthony davis constantly there's gonna be a lot of wide open shots for dudes danny green is awesome yeah but other, uh, what's their starting five? Do you think they'll start Rondo? <laughs> I think because they're talking about LeBron as their starting point guard. Yeah, I mean, then you don't have to. I guess you start Avery Bradley, but there's a lot of people that you can't aren't, stay at, aren't in on him anymore. Right. And, and right. I would take him on this team, you know. But oh, like, yeah. I just think he, yeah, as a – I don't know that – people kind of say, well, the Mavs have Luka and Porzingis, and then there's like a gap, and then everybody else – Say the same exact about thing about the Lakers. Lakers. I mean, literally the same exact thing. But Anthony Davis is a top three or four player at the peak of his career, and LeBron James is the greatest player of his generation, and he's not washed up yet. Do you want to hear a really slam an opinion about that, though? Yeah. They have combined for, what, two playoff appearances in the West? In their uh, careers? Okay, that's, I like this. That's a real... I like this, but don't you woo. think that if LeBron hadn't have gotten hurt, Oh, yeah, changed. they would have made it. They would have made it. I mean, yeah. at the time, they were beating – they were thumping the Warriors on Christmas Day when LeBron got hurt. Yeah. Weren't no, they fourth and they were in the third, conference? Uh, third third conference? fourth, yeah. No, they would have been – they would they would have made it for sure. Yeah. I mean, you can't you can't discount the effect that all the trade stuff had on that's, that team. That's a they great might have ex- made it anyway. That's the greatest example of when you start talking about intangibles affecting a team. Like, case study, watch the Lakers. Yeah. And, dude, I, I think it's terrible for LeBron – to be drinking wine with the front office while his teammates are sitting on the bench. Oh, yeah. I think that's horrible. Yeah. It was optically not great. Yeah. Not great. But it that is that situation is, I guess, as good as resolved. Did you hear now. what Rondo so we'll said see. about it? No. Rondo, and I'm I'm going to butcher I'm the sure exact quote. sure it was something quote. very wise. It was actually was. Really? Yes. It was pretty brilliant. Oh, damn. And he was on so on point. He was talking about, you got to realize, all these kids in here idolize LeBron. Did you talk about, Lonzo was talking about he didn't even know how to talk to him. Not because LeBron was a jerk. He just didn't know how to talk to his idol, mm. right? So he's got, he goes, you got all these kids in here idolizing this guy. And they're all looking at him knowing that he's trying to trade him. He goes, it's like your mom or dad wanting to get rid of you. Oh, man, that's tough. And I was like, that it, Rajon, that's, that's some realness, dude. Yeah. That's some realness. Yeah. Oh, my hero doesn't want me. Mm. And I'm 21, and I don't know anything about the league really. That would be like if Luca came here last year and Dirk was like, dude, I don't – Get out of get You're, out of my sight. Yeah, I, I need to move you. Yeah, I'm trying to make the playoffs right now. Right, you know. So that's, that's the, tough. so yeah. When we start talking about all these things that don't have to do with like what happens on the floor, that's real life stuff. Yeah, but it now he's got guys. the players that he wants. He's got the players. He's got the that player he that he wants. Yeah, two and Javale. Yeah, gonna go barnstorm for 82 games. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think and, that and, uh, and, man, just. I'm so sad for the whole boogie situation. Yeah, that sucks. On every level. That sucks so much. There's just so much sadness and ugliness there. I yep. just, man, that sucks. That's a that's a 
Everything about That's it. That's a tough two years, man. Everything about it. That's yeah, it's very tough. Um, but you got to make the playoffs still. Yeah, you're right. And over 82 games, yep. we'll see. We'll see how they hold up, man. We'll see how that roster holds up. I guess up. the Clippers are in better shape physically than I suspected. I thought they may get off to a slow start, but yeah. probably not. Now, if, if all things are being equal, you're playing one game. I don't know. I mean, LeBron and AD for one game is – you could you could talk me into that pretty easily. Yeah. But for 82 games plus playoffs, I think I'm going It's real interesting to me. I know it's the modern NBA, but how LeBron and – Anthony Davis balance each other out better than Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Mm. You know, and I know we all want to get all this interchangeable and switching and stuff, but who who are the people that can adequately go against the brow? Nobody, man. Nobody. He exists on another freaking planet. You know, and so it's like, okay, so what happens when he plays with the best player of his generation? Mm. Like, all due respect to Drew Holiday and the gang, but what it's kind of I, I wish it's a different world homie yeah for sure I, I just wish that they were able to get just from a basketball fan standpoint one or two more Danny Greens over there yeah because if you're gonna knock LeBron and AD for anything right other than maybe consistent effort on defense right it's neither of them are big time three-point shooters yep so the Lakers are gonna score a lot of points but are they gonna be able to shoot it enough you know and a LeBron James Anthony Davis pick and roll is it's, coming. It's, unsto- to your, it's unstoppable. It's coming to your basketball floor. It's unstoppable. Yes. Like poor Delon and Justin Jackson and Luca and literally anybody else on the team. Right. But like Boban's got six fouls. I guess just make them count, man. You know? Right. Uh, yeah. We, so imagine Anthony Davis is your five and one of our fives out there, and that that's gonna suck. Yeah. But then imagine AD guarding KP. Yep. I mean, you know. Uh, we made it through a whole Western Conference playoff conversation without mentioning the Warriors, and I just want to say they could slip. I don't know. They yeah, could slip. I don't know, man. Well, I just but know. it's just going to take a long time for. I mean, I'm assuming Clay is back. What January? He's saying All Star break is his goal. Now, the one good thing they may be out of it fan, by then. Mavs play the Warriors three times this year. Early. Every single one of those times before the All Star yeah, break. Absolutely. So uh, rack up those wins, baby. So the Warrior, yeah. Warriors are interesting. We saw what I mean. Now it's elite level, but we saw what happens when you load up on Steph and go, "Okay, guys." Yeah, I mean, they got D'Angelo Russell. Sucks when Clay and KD aren't out here. <laughs> oh, it's real basketball again, huh? D'Angelo was awesome. Mm-hmm. He's awesome. Yes, He's I'm a I'm a believer very, in him. Very, very good. I was interested in the Mavericks looking at him in free agency. Yeah, it would have been cool, man. Yeah, it would have been cool. But I I don't know how he and Steph. I don't know how they work. Like. It's kind of it's not LeBron and AD well, where it's just plug and play, right? It is, def- and now D'Angelo can handle the ball while Steph does all his running off screens things. Yeah, but it's a whole lot easier to load up and stop one guy coming off a screen than when he got Steph on the right, Clay on the left, and KD in the middle. I mean, and like, and, do you, and do you know what else happens to it? It's really going to be about what is D'Angelo willing to sacrifice. Yeah, because a lot of times when a guy can light it up. He gets bored waiting for the guy to come off the screen, lets it fly. Mm-hmm. Like, I used to watch that all the time. KD would get caught up in screens in Oklahoma City, and the rest would be like, all right, whatever. Pew! You yeah. know? So, is D'Angelo going to be willing to be, a, you know, wait for it to happen mm-hmm. and be a part of it and buy in and all those kinds of things? If he is, then yeah, should I mean, be fine. Their whole thing for the last five years really has been like the ball moves so much mm-hmm. and so quickly. Right. They're slinging it back and forth to each other that you just forget where Steph is. Right. But now and the movement is constant off yeah, the ball. Yeah, I mean the point guard is D'Angelo, who I but this he is, can move and you still got Draymond. Yeah. But you don't gotta worry about 
clay. Number 11. Right. You don't got to worry about number 35. Right. You know, it's and people forget how much clay sacrifices defensively so Steph doesn't have to. Yeah. And, and Iggy's gone. not much of a defender. No. They don't have Iguodala anymore. They still no. got Draymond. But what is their starting lineup, man? I think it's the worst team in the NBA. I don't see how they can <laughs> win a game this they're gonna year. They're going to win 30 <laughs> if they're lucky. Yeah. Oh, no, I mean, they're going to be good. Yeah. And Steph is amazing. And, like, betting on best players of their generation to miss the playoffs is, like, right. you look back, the the younger Mavs fan thing to do is, like, screenshot the 60-win team that went to the finals in 06 and yeah. be like, how did this team almost win the championship? Right. Well, I mean, because Dirk is that good. Yeah, when you have you the know, best player in the world yeah. in his prime. Yeah, so, you know, maybe the Warriors' sporting cast not that great, but Steph is really, really good. Do you, know what we, you know what we just did? Hmm. We just realized, without even realizing it, but also while realizing it, it's going to be the best NBA in a long time. It's incredible. It's so good. It's incredible. It's so good. The best two teams, the Clippers and the Lakers, arguably, have like major, major question marks. Yeah. Right? The only, the most bulletproof team is probably the Nuggets. The Dine, yeah. Oh, we didn't, the even, jazz. we didn't even talk about the Nuggets. Yeah, the Jazz, who I think is maybe uh, maybe the under what? the Dark Horse best team in the league. What if Michael year? Porter's healthy and good? I don't know, dude. <laughs> what if, I mean, it's unbelievable. What if Gary Harris stays healthy? Oh. What if, you know? They're really good. Yeah, the West this is, is going to be, be fun. Man. It's going to be tough. So anyway, win, try and win more than 17 of those games. But, I don't uh, think any team makes the playoffs this year. I think yeah. it's <laughs> yeah. the weirdest year ever. Every team goes 25 and yeah. 57. Yeah, man. Yeah. Is that uh, oh, my God. Well, this is a pretty wide-ranging podcast. It was fun. Uh, you got any parting shots, anything that you're looking forward to? I guess so. Uh, I do want to say it's it's fortuitous that we are recording today because it's 50 days till opening night. Oh, cool. Uh, and it is 35 days until opening of the preseason. Okay. It's going to be at OKC, which is really in Tulsa. But uh, we're Kevin Durant days away from the Thunder, and that is your first chance to see the Mavs in the preseason. So it's awesome. the countdown clock has officially begun. And then there's some messing around in Vancouver and all that kind that of stuff. That is October 17th yep. against Kawhi and the Clippers. Right. And I guess Paul George will be there too. Probably. Yep. Well, we'll Nursing shoulders. I hope they're not doing the, the NFL thing where like nobody goes. Like I hope they all at least go. Oh, yeah, I hope they go. But it's too. the last tune-up, man. I mean, that's kind of your dress rehearsal game. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, media day, September 30th, that is four weeks away from yesterday. I mean, it's, it's on man, but it's is there on. anything that you personally are really like thinking about or psyched for in the next couple of weeks? I, I think we're about to enter one of the really, truly great sports times in the DFW. I think the Cowboys are excellent. I love their team. I love their balance. I think the Mavericks are on that incline back, baby. And, and what happens a lot of times in our sports uh, world is in the fall, everyone hyper focuses on the Cowboys. I think if you do that, you're going to – and I know people listening to this podcast aren't going to do that because they're Mav heads. But you're going to look up and go, oh, the Mavs are this good? Mm-hmm. And I think that just like the uh, cowboy drunk guy is going to like look up in like mid-December and go, what? They're five games over 500. What? It's that? And and Luca and Porzingis are going to be dancing. Mm. They'll be dancing. Don't forget about the Stars either. They're going to have they're, a, pretty, hey, no, 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 have a yes. pretty good year. They will have a good year. They're I'm glad you brought that up. And uh, Rangers ballpark opening? 2020? Yes. How about Nick Solak, by the way? Yeah, what a beast. And uh, Brock Burke. Yeah. He's killing the game. Future Cy Young winner, Brock Burke. And did you know uh, pitching prospect Taylor Hearn from Roy City is a huge Maverick head. Yeah. Huge Maverick head. Yeah. When we went out to uh, Surprise uh, last March, I guess it was in March, he was just grilling me with Mavs questions. Yeah. Tell me about this. Tell me about this. That's cool. So, yeah, it's really cool. Got to see them at the games. Oh, my God. It is happening, dude. I'm very excited for the season. It is going to be awesome. Yep. We're going to go on this ride together. It is going to be fantastic. Um, 
I guess we'll see you soon. I'm gone this weekend. We gone, Bob? Going to Michigan with my dad, ah, visiting some family. Right on. Uh, but I'm back next week, so maybe we'll see you then or the week after. How after are you going to get all over the? Are you going to get all over the state? Uh, in Michigan? Yeah. No, just going to Detroit and Ann Arbor. Okay, I don't watch know. My first Michigan game. Well, fi- fi- oh, congratulations! It should be fun. If you have time, find out where Bell's the brewery is. Oh, okay. It's the best brewery it in Bell America. Island? I don't know. Bell Isle. They do the Two Hearted, which is an incredible IPA. They have a mango habanera. Uh, I think it's a Kolsch, or maybe it's an ale, but it's incredible. Sounds intimidating, dude. No, no, no. Bell's is one of the best breweries in America. So if you do have a chance, and it's cl- I don't know exactly where it is. I don't mm. know the. Michigan geography, but if you can make it, you've got to go. Okay. You got to go to Bells. Right. I will see if I can. I'll yeah. give you a full report when I get back. Cool. But uh, all right. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for watching. Numbers on the board is always on YouTube now. So if you're ever uh, if you're ever feeling bored at home, you want to watch us instead of listen to us, mm-hmm. you can see Skin's face, watch us on YouTube. But uh, subscribe, follow us, man, where, however you listen, wherever you listen, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, um, on Himalaya, literally anywhere. YouTube, follow the maps. Follow Skin on Twitter. Oh, sure. Don't Ad- follow me on Twitter. No, follow you. Delete your Twitter account. No, no, no. Follow you. Are you uh, at Bobby Corella? I'm at Bobby Corella. I'm at Skinway. Hey, perfect. Yeah. Uh, it is numbers on the boards. We will see y'all soon. We out. See ya.